of a biscuit eater. Mike Draco giving us the big what's up, but tonight, Robin Hagebottom beat you in, Mike. First across the line this evening, Edward Justinino, Paul Cox's incredible, we agree, letting the cat out of the bag, that's our ghost tonight, our ghost, our guest, wow, I didn't even get through the second sentence before I'm blowing it, I'm going to lose this gig. Hey man, this is Chris with CycleSource, and we are excited to go live with tonight's Shop Talk just told you we have a fantastic guest in the house, Mr. Paul Cox. He's going to be talking about everything that's going on at Paul Cox Industries, including that new Indian Chief project. We're excited for that. Gus Gus in the house. Texas, y'all. Deborah Kay, good to see you. Jared from Minnesota. Fudge Buckets, Nancy Weems. She speaks the same language that Heather does. All right, so this is Shop Talk. You guys can do your part to help us get this out by hitting the like and share button. We go live with this program every Sunday, 9 p.m., mostly every Sunday, almost every Sunday, as close as we can get. Oh, man. We try to go live with 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. Just three minutes out, and we're going live with this installment. Stick around for Shop Talk. Roger in from PEI. Good to see you here tonight, man. Rush Journey. Not bad. Weather is not co- cooperating. Fly Bro checking in from Cody, Wyoming. Poppy's in the house. Mr. Steve Broyles. Mad Respect. Doug Raquette, Walla Walla, Washington. Mr. Jason Holman coming in from Lakeland, Florida. Oh, Jean from Puerto Rico. Fantastic. Chris No. Drunk and Disorderly in Darien, Connecticut. <laughs> As usual. Good form, my man. Walter, Walter Kuro in the house, Keith Kronoff, Rob Nussbaum, that's it, the boss is here, everybody straighten up and fly right, we're going to have to go live in a minute and a half with Shop Talk, someone said something about getting ready for TMMR, Mike Draco, that's right, right around the corner, next weekend, TMMR, if you guys caught last week's show, Buck and everybody with the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival are getting things riled up about now so you guys are uh, you guys are all set when you get there we're going to talk about that throughout the show tonight just a minute left and we're going live don't go anywhere grab a drink kick back relax and get ready for shop talk
know, I love watching the messages that come in. Oh, Jesus. All right, so we're down down to the 10-second mark. That means it's time to get this one out of the station and up onto the tracks and go live with Shop Talk. Here we go. Okay, scooter tramps and chopper jockeys all across the land. It is just after 9 p.m. on the East Coast. That means it's time for this week's installment of Shop Talk. Coming to you live 50 floors below the street level through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. I'm Chris Callen with Cycle Source Magazine. I'm going to be your host for the next 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fit. And uh, as will my crew. What's up, crew? Howdy, howdy. Hey. Oh, wow. Everybody's so excited tonight. It's I'm happy to be here. It's like we're in a little circus. <laughs> we are in a circus. Just wait and see. I know. Just but, wait and see. But we are. So everybody's getting ready for Tennessee. If, wait a minute. Did you see? We have a guest from somewhere we haven't be, had before. I know. I saw that. Reykjavik, Iceland. Dude, that's wow. How awesome is that? Right on. So red. And I think I said it right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Iceland. Yeah, you, who's going to tell you you didn't? Yeah, we're going to yell at you. There's only one person that knows for sure. <laughs> All right. So, so much. I was laughing right before the show, and I said the thing about uh, I love reading the comments because there are a couple like trollers that are on here that are like, hey, you know, DM me. I'd, you're, you have such a beautiful smile. Get a hold of me. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man. You know, this is this We is should start DMing them. After you send me an Amazon Prime gift card for $59.95. That's it. Social media has hit the apex. You can now get hookers on social media. It's over. <laughs> oh, hey, that's Jesus. like during COVID, they had the drive through strip clubs. I, they, well, they've had them around yes, here. Yes, they certainly yeah. have. It's great. Nothing like That should not be a thing. Drive through window. Listen, let me tell you, like any good journalist would, I had to go there for research just to see what it was like and uh nothing says sexy and tantalizing like a giant piece of plywood with a finger hole in it <laughs> a slot for a five dollar bill <laughs> hey we backed through one of those in my band once and then when girls started dancing we whipped the side door open and everybody in the band started dancing freaked her totally That's the hell out so gross. <laughs> oh so let's get back on topic here this is a program about motorcycles and uh the people we know the places we go and um man we got a great show tonight we got some some tech for you guys we got some new products if you haven't ever watched this program before this is shop talk we do this um from cycle source magazine through the dennis kirk studio every nine every sunday night at 9 p.m damn it i'm gonna concentrate and get my way through this usually we uh we have some some entertainment for you guys some two-wheel talk we start the whole thing off with a little program we like to call the news First up in the news tonight, 
actual clown shoes. Everybody loves clown shoes. Well, I just want to have everybody have a, something to compare the headlines from tonight's news to. So there you go. You can't say that I didn't warn you. From here on, it's downhill. Let's go to the news first. Up. Oh, they're auctioning off the real Captain America Harley Davidson from the 1969 film Easy Riders. U.S. auction next month for $500,000, but it's the genuine motorcycle from the cult movie. Is it? Is it, Mark? The big question. Is it? How can you tell? Well, they go on to point out many arguments about why this is the real one. And this is, this. like I said, let's let's refer to my previous comment, clown shoes. Not even sure how you would tell or who's left. I, I talked to a friend today who said he's actually not going to watch the movie anymore because of this. <laughs> but down here at the bottom, yeah, I have to bring this up. So as evidence, they put up this picture. This example, claiming to be the real deal, will go to the auction block at the Dane Cruz Classic Sale in Midland, Texas on 5 June with a guide price of three hundred to 500000 with no reserve price, meaning it has to sell. Is that a 5-1 scale model? It is. Yeah. And the, the primary is not even on the right side, dude. Like, I hope this is, they have to have better evidence than that. So Where are the clown shoes? They, they, move on, the clown? They, they move on to a certificate of authenticity. And then this picture of the actual Peter Fonda riding, not the actual motorcycle. This is obviously dude, an It would have been great if he had been riding the scale model. <laughs> now, that would have been a vision. <laughs> to my knowledge, they've never made a scale model Peter Fonda, so that might have been impossible. <coughs> hey, like I said, I warned, you, I warned you guys in the beginning. Clown shoes, baby, from here on in. Um, let's try to hit some real news real quick. So uh, it was announced this week that the new Harley-Davidson hometown rally set for Labor Day weekend. The biker bash of the season is back and bigger than ever. Harley-Davidson has announced plans for the all-new hometown rally at Labor Day weekend celebration of motor culture centered in Milwaukee, the city where it all began for the motor company. The Harley-Davidson Museum will serve as central rally point September 2nd through the 6th, 2021 for events taking place at the downtown site and six surrounding Harley-Davidson dealerships. You can read more about that on the Cycle Source Magazine news blog. Um, from Fox 6, we learned that Harley-Davidson Demo Day is returned to museum. Uh, with updated CDC guidance for those vaccinated, the Harley-Davidson Museum is excited to bring back Demo Days where you can where you can give a few HDs a spin around Menominee Valley. See how I said that? You have to be vaccinated to ride the motorcycle. That's apparently. But this is the more this is the more interesting like subheadline virtual scout merit badge program at HD. Now it goes on if you read that this is a Girl and Boy Scouts virtual offering for a merit badge. But I think Harley Davidson did the whole thing just so they could put the word virtual scout merit badge program <laughs> at HD. I think they did. Call me crazy. <laughs> uh, Sturgis unveils new rally brand. Um, this is actually a worldwide exclusive for us here at Source Media. It was first broke the other night, Thursday night on Torque TV. And uh, here it goes on to tell you Sturgis Mayor Mark Karsten and Home Slice Media Group. Murdoch Jones is unveiling the logo. Um, what the whole new logo is about. Let me get into it here a little bit. I'm going to play a video for you guys that they sent along while we talk about it so um over the years the sturgis motorcycle rallies had many many incarnations of their logo some fit for t-shirts some more on posters they're looking to move the brand into a new day and establish a uh, a logo that'll travel along with it from year to year not 
you know, entirely a bad idea. There's a little bit of continuity to be had there. So um, behind that is the theme of the rally, which is the ride, the roar, the rally. You can find more out about this at the Black Hills Pioneer or keep your eyes peeled to the Cycle Source Magazine news blog where we'll be reporting more on that. Um, the enthusiasm right there was killing it. Just like, hey, man, I'm trying to do my <laughs> professional news stuff over here. You just shut the hell up. I did notice you are wearing the clown shoes. Right? Just Look, like, you know. <laughs> I, have the, I have the logo loaded and the whole... Man, that forget logo, you. That logo. Forget awesome. you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can't come so, now. Forget you. Forget you, man. All right. So listen, uh, not to keep you guys waiting anymore. Um, just curious, but will the Captain America bike going to be at Meekum next year? I, it, it didn't say. It said Texas. So Maybe there you go for that. One will be. Um, our, our guest tonight is the uh, immeasurably talented Mr. Paul Cox. Um, you guys are, there's nothing I'm going to tell you about Paul that you haven't read in every single magazine, every video that you see about the custom motorcycle world and beyond, uh, in pre-show Heather was talking to him was like, Hey, I loaded a video for this and for that and for pictures because you just do so much stuff and it's true. He's like, he's a true Renaissance man. He Absolutely. really is in, in everything too. Not even yep. in just motorcycling. This guy here's a, no. just an artist in every yep. means. Everything he touches looks, looks golden. It's amazing. So we're, we're really happy to have him here with us tonight. We're obviously going to be talking about the, uh, the new Indian chief custom program, but, um, put your hands together and help me welcome to the show. Mr. Paul Cox. Paul, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? Good. So, l listen, I got to say right off, before we even start talking about motorcycles, country life seems like it really, really agrees with you. It's it's good up here, man, and it's not too far from the city, so you're still close to, you know, you're close to the action, but it's great. On the Delaware River and the mountains, that's beautiful. Right on. Heather is uh, steadily looking for a house for us where we get, you know, we get that mix of out in the middle of nowhere and still able to run into the city somewhere. So, yeah. just with a little less winter. Right. <laughs> oh, man. This this last one, right? Oh, dude. <laughs> we were under two, two and a half feet of snow for like a month, right? Yeah. <sighs> you know. Yeah, we had more snow here in Pittsburgh than we have in the seven years I've lived here. Yeah, yeah, because you guys aren't too far away from here. No. Oh, you're my halfway point when I go home. You're like four and a half hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not too bad. So flipping through last week, actually, when we were doing the news, we were talking about the new Indian program. And um, I wanted to get you on because there's so much to unpack with this. Not just, you know, the, the four guys' names that are on there are all incredible, incredible builders and incredible additions to the program, but the bike itself. So I, I'm super stoked that you come on with us to talk about this. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, the bike itself, as far as, like, the, uh, the 2022 platform that they've created for this, this new chief is amazing. I mean, they've really kind of broken out of this mold to, you know, almost go back to the, the early style of construction, you know, with the tubular frame and, components that are really a lot simpler than they look it's it's an amazing it's an engineering feat really you know they kind of like retro engineered this thing and 
and uh, you know it's it's been really uh, a lot of fun to work with already so far. Yeah, you know that was uh, that was just just for you guys. Let me let me take a second here, real quick, and uh, I'm going to bring this up because if you're wondering, you know, this all starts on the the Chief Dark Horse platform, right? Right. And yeah. if you're wondering, like, how in the hell someone is going to take this motorcycle right here and make that into an incredible custom? That's where the story really starts because that's the 2021 Chief Dark Horse. This is right. the 2022. So right, right out of the bag, man. I mean, completely different motorcycle. You got to give credit to this company for for listening to the street and paying attention because they're doing some they're doing some neat stuff with that brand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Is is they really have listened to to what people want. I mean, people kind of make comparisons to like the Dyna guys are going to love this, and the guys that like the, you know. Um, street glides kind of that crossover where you can you know you can go all day with a passenger and your bags or you can pull them off and just kind of hot rod around and it's a great platform and um you know the engineers like Ola Stengard and his crew that really looked at it and thought you know how can we make this um you know just like a whole new breed and it really is i mean they've got 116 uh uh cubic inch uh engine and you know it's putting out like 100 20 foot pounds of torque it's got this crazy power plant it's a monster but in this pared down like really tough chassis it's a lot of fun to work with and even you know digging into it 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 really kind of caters to somebody that wants to you know make some modifications and wants to make it their own because um you know everything's kind of right right uh you know skin deep everything's right there it's not like all kinds of crazy fasteners you have no idea how they work and plastic covers and stuff it's really modular it's really intuitive the way that it was created and uh it really does break the mold of what what they've kind of done in pre previous years and it sets a new standard um you know for this whole whole kind of uh, interactive style that they've built that's that's going to be a lot of fun yeah it's a blast when you uh when you jumped onto this did you think it was going to be um, an, an easy project or now that it being a 2022 it was going to be difficult to try and with the technology upgrade yeah did you know what it was yeah. going to be yeah i mean just walking into it um you know because i'm doing this with with my old partner kano you guys know kano and they brought us together to you know to work on this um simultaneously so obviously it's not just me uh but we're doing different components on, on it you know him and his shop and me and mine and, um, you know, the final project is in my shop right now where we're coming together with everything that we're doing. But, um, yeah, just, just walking into it, it's a late model bike. I'm not a late model bike yeah. guy, you know. So I thought, well, yeah, you know, something cool will come of it. We'll just do some, you know, we'll strip it down and see what we're working with. And, um, and really, it just, it just felt like working with an old shovel or an old pan or something. Yeah. And, you know, with that tubular frame... It's got a silhouette, almost like a VL, up into into the neck. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, the engine's really, really beautiful. The way that they uh, that they silhouetted that, and everything is really kind of simpler than you would expect. But it it does have all the modern bells and whistles, you know. So you do have all the GPS and you know everything that you need to get around today. But uh, you kind of don't notice it. Yeah, I would have. I would have questioned. It would have been. It would have been sort of difficult with all the new technology to try and, you know. I mean, obviously, you're a master at, at whatever you touch. It, it seems, but uh, well, yeah, to see the 
to see the questionable you know working with the new technology trying to well, bring with that frame right in. i yeah. mean the the frame would yeah. present the most amount of challenge because indian was one of the companies that like and i felt like they were kind of even dragging harley a little bit in that direction that manufactured yeah. stamp frame you know yeah. that was was very yeah. conducive for service but not so much for the custom part right well i mean this frame the way that it's built they've got a removable section so that they can keep that motor in tight do this beautiful tubular frame there's this little dropout that you unbolt this here and here and you can take the whole motor out and and it is like this really cool neck casting and then tubular beyond that and nice bends and even when you get into like the electronics and all like the um, um, you know the modern elements you've got a little four inch round speedo that has like a screen that looks analog like it's needles but you know all of your systems are just kind of built into there and that just sets aside on the table it's not like this rat's nest of yeah. um, you know wiring harness that once you touch it oh my god you know what yeah, have right. i done yeah. um no it's it's really uh kind of intuitive and no it's it's been a pleasure to work with man it's they've, they've been a great company and and you know even like the the uh, promotional stuff they've been doing with the you know um the visuals that they've been putting out have just been really cool. You know, some of the, the video stuff and imagery has been really neat. So speaking of that, um, and based on one of the, the videos that my dear wife totally pirated from your, from your, <laughs> from your site for tonight. Um, hey, at least we told, we told him that we did it and we're not taking credit for it. I love from that video that we're watching and I'm, I'm going to see if we can run it here again real quick while we're talking. But I absolutely love your process, you know, and when I say that, like, you know, tying into the history and everything like that's that's awesome. But the history of fabrication and the way that you do your thing, because I saw you do this same kind of thing whenever you were working on your son's a speed bike, like literally drawing out what you're doing on on cardboard and and making your forms from like right from there from scratch. I love I love watching you do that shit. Yeah, those are the drawings for the front end because I'm doing one of my gutter front ends, and um, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's so the process is the same, you know, just kind of getting some ideas and sketching it all out, and um, and uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's a blast. Well, and you know, the the reason I'm saying that is because we live in the computer age, you know, and so many people today go straight to the CAD programs, and you know, in in what seems like a virtually no time at all. They have a three dimensional model that's spinning around. It spits out all the exact measurements. And, you know, I, I think that's what makes you so unique is that you have such an old school approach and such a clean, crisp, unique oh, yeah. finish. I mean, it seems like everything from your knives, which I want one of all of them. It seems <laughs> down to your, to your bikes and your parts that you make. Everything looks like you went back into the 50s somehow and found a way to fab it. New tech, the whole nine yards, but look like you've been running it yeah. for 25 years. Like you have such a unique approach to everything. It's it, awesome. it doesn't it doesn't look like something oh, yeah, that was yeah, just yeah, pumped out by a machine. Super, super individualized when it comes. You can pick well, some of your stuff out from anywhere. I mean, you gotta find you gotta find that that balance. Really, you know, because I've always been an you know I've always liked to draw. I've always been an artist. You know, a draw. Uh, painter and and that type of thing as far as the fine art so i translate that into even the preparation of what i'm doing on the builds and some of the bigger stuff because i still like doing the illustrations and the the drawings of the uh the work that i'm gonna do but 
you know, I mean, these days when it gets into people that's really specialized and are masters at the CNC and the programming and all the components that go into that, I mean, those are definitely the ones in the industry when it comes to collaborations and things that you just need to get done that, that then you work work with because it's their specialty, like, you know, like those front end parts that, you know, I'm working with, with Bobby and, and John over at um, uh, Brooklyn Manufacturing at Indian Larry's. John is just a whiz on oh you know, the God, I know. manufacturing and doing the CNC work and on that Haas machine that they have over there. And these, you know, because, you know, over the years, I would hand mill every girder, you know, part on the on the bridge port. And, you know, it's like years later and you got like two done. You know? <laughs> it's just it's crazy. But, uh, you know, so he's just been so awesome. They've been so great at helping out with the, uh, you know, the girder parts. And just with more of the CNC stuff, I mean, the taillights, you know, my taillight bodies that Paul over at Bare Knuckle is, you know, is doing so great on. And Fab Kevin with, you know, the like rigid air parts. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, there's that component always has to be there. You know, it, it's just a balance, finding that balance. Now, you're, you're rigid air to, to change gears and talk about that for a minute because that's that's probably one of the coolest trick parts from our generation for for choppers you know and oh thanks man where did that where did that actually take hold where does that come from uh really it kind of stemmed from my old 59 ford that i bagged that i guess that had that in like late 90s into the early 2000s so I had airbags on that, and then with the choppers, there was one bike in the shop that I thought, you know, what if I just did a smaller version of that on this? And we, you know, tried it out, and that's when Larry was still around, and I've got this little, like, this little scratchy video of him sitting on it, trying it out, kind of smiling, like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny. And, um, yeah, so it kind of stemmed from, like, the hot rod stuff, you know, from bagging my 59. That's great. That's, uh, yeah, so it's been a blast, you know, because I do like the the kit for that, and people still dig it, and you know, honestly, it it works great. It just kind of disappears under the bike, and um, you know, so yeah. Now this this picture that's up now is this is this the view from where you're at now? Yeah, that's my commute. Wow. <laughs> is that Hawk's Nest? Is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Hawk's Nest. Yeah, that was like night before last. It just happened to be like this crazy sunset. It was amazing. Yeah, that you doesn't know. suck. Yeah. yeah, no, not at all. I'd be able to stop yeah, and look at that on the way home or on the way to work any day. Right. Chris, that's not far from where we stop. Yeah, yep. Every time we go up to see mom, so that's cool. So, Paul, I have to say, and this is going to sound total fangirl, every time I look at your Instagram or your website, I'm completely blown away by how diverse your talent is. Yeah. Do you prefer one over another, or do you like being able to switch gears when you feel the desire? Yeah. Um, I mean, switching when I feel a desire, it's it's more like the squeaky wheel kind of thing, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes! The, the tightest deadline. But, gotcha. um, but having all those components around the shop, I mean, it, they all kind of come together into one so often where one overlaps the other. And I don't see how I could really function without it. Because when things get overwhelming, a lot of times they'll think, should I just pick one? You know, should I just do one thing and make life a lot more linear and, you know, the whole process just much more straightforward? And I realized I just wouldn't be able to, to, to do it, 
you know, it's got to be. said those exact words about a week ago. No, listen. <laughs> I can't. I can't thank you enough for saying that because I know sometimes my wife thinks I'm full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's the particular kind of crazy that you have to be to be artistic and and make it work. Until then, you're just a you're just a fucking mess. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, and there's no relaxing. There's no like, oh, it's it's all good now. I mean, it never will be. It'll always be a. It'll always be a you know, a climb. It'll always, you know, be a be a struggle. But you know the rewards. You can never replace the the rewards. You know, yeah, it's buddy. just it's a, it's a constant satisfaction along with, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next. You know, so it's it's a challenge. It's just living like a constant challenge. But you know, don't you feel like when the the real the real reward? I mean, every project is a reward. You know, and several steps through it too. It's not even like a lot of people think that when you're involved in a in an artistic process and a creative process, that it's the ending. You know, when, when you unveil it to people, but it's really not like every step that I go through, like I, when, when I do, when I do my canvases now, I take pictures the whole way through so that I can, I can like scroll through the progress pictures and watch it actually grow into the painting, you know? And I, I, it's, it's, it's so rewarding the whole way through, but really the greatest reward for somebody and especially with somebody that with the kind of diversity as you is to look back at the 10 year mark at the 20 year mark and and look at the look at what you've done as a body of work because you know man this is not blowing smoke up your ass but i mean as an artist you've done incredible things but you have contributed to motorcycling like as much as as much as larry and that whole shop and everything that you were part of oh yeah ha- has been iconic you have you have put pages taken in the motorcycle the, history books yeah. you've Absolutely. taken it to the next level no questions asked oh I, I i appreciate that very much well and a lot of people i mean i don't think about you don't think about it you know it's right just, yeah uh, just, a, a lot of people today, you know? a lot of people were saying you know i mean after you know Larry's accident and all that. Oh, what's going to happen to these guys? I don't think people realized how huge you really were. You know, like your yeah. abilities and your talents, and because it seems like not that you were being held down by by Larry being around, because God knows that you know nobody would ever say that. But you have exploded. Your artistic direction has gone, you know, ten different ways since then, and like every one's better than the next. It's it's pretty impressive yeah, because in a lot of situations like that, you know, you trip and fall. We kid around. It actually came up, you know, a, a, a few weeks back. Your name come up, but just in conversation, and somebody compared that to Nirvana and Dave Grohl. And it, you know, you find out what a huge piece of that that drummer in the background really was. Yeah. You know, and and what amazing things he's done. And you've done the same thing on your end. It's it's pretty cool to watch. It's. It's impressive. I can tell you that. It's, it's intimidating. You're, you know what I mean? <laughs> it is because you try and compare. But me and Chris built stuff. You try and compare to like these guys, and it's really oh, hard. Yeah. Really hard. Well, that's, I mean, it's really kind of you to say. I mean, the, the talent that's out there, you know, I, I sit back and, and see what some people are doing, and it just blows my mind. Um, you know, but that's, that's really cool, and I, and I really appreciate that very much. You know, and and I do sometimes think back to things that I do now that, you know, I might think about stuff like that when Larry and I were together, and we did kind of balance each other out, you know, where he would have a crazy thought that I might kind of push back a little, or I might have some, like, nutty idea that he would kind of make me sort of rethink, and, you know, that that sort of push back and forth, you know, that kind of went away, 
And then I had to figure out how to balance out myself a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, again, you know, thanks for what you said. I, I don't really think about it in that sense, but I just, um, you know, keep trying to keep hammering away. And, you know, I appreciate yes, sir. it. Well, and that was, you know, man, from, from being a fan first and then, you know, as a journalist following all of you guys through your different careers, I always loved the fact that, you know, no matter what shop you were in or what you were doing, you you separated yourself from it as much as you were part of it. So you continued to to maintain your autonomy no matter which you know which part of the world you were in. And I th I think at the end of the day that pays off. You know, because there's there's been a lot of guys that came and went through that scene in those times, and you know you managed you managed to hold on. There's a lot of a lot of respect for that. Oh, thanks, thanks. It didn't seem like there's ever really a choice, you know. <laughs> not, not like I thought, you know, well, I could do this or maybe something else. It just seemed like, um, you know, every day you wake up thinking, well, there's this guy. I got to get him his 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 work, you know. And it's what I'm doing for him that that makes me happy. So, you know, it all kind of it all kind of weighs itself out. There's somebody waiting for something that is a thing that I enjoy doing. So it's kind of a blessing, you know. It it really it really is, you know. Right on, man. Hey, listen, we have to take a quick commercial break. Can you stay with us? And when we come back on the other side, we want to talk about your knives and, you know, and, and the legendary seats that everyone knows you for. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool, man. Hey, this is Chris with Cycle Source Magazine, and you're watching Shop Talk through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break and be right back with you. On the other side, we're going to talk to Paul a little bit more. Stick around. track shapes what we build for the street and the dirt you can see how bad these guys want it the race to the line for us racing is not for the trophies or the glory we compete because it makes everything we do faster more durable and tested to a higher standard for sns racing is the ultimate in proven performance and we've been proving it since 1958 
Okay, so welcome back to Shop Talk. And before we get back to Paul, real quick, Heather had a couple shout-outs you want to give, right? We want to start with Curtis Hoffman. You're uh, you're muted. What happened? What happened? What'd you do? Oh, damn it. <laughs> you blew, See, good thing you I don't blew, run the show. We'd always screw You blew your big solo. Well, I didn't oh, know you were going to give me a solo. <laughs> I showed it off because I had a cough. Damn you. So, no, Curtis Hoffman from Hoffman Designs, uh, a new friend of ours and a good friend to the Torque Mag. Um, he and his wife just welcomed a new beautiful baby girl into the world on Cinco de Mayo. So we want to give them a big congratulations. Um and then Willie Jones is here watching. Yes. I know Willie had another procedure a couple of days ago. We're sending him big, big, big love so he can uh, get out of that damn hospital Absolutely. and get home and get on with chopper time. Right on. Right on. Uh, Willie, you have all our, all our love and prayers. Hey, and real quick, I want to send our boy Josh out a, uh, a heartfelt um, yeah condolence man from everybody here at Chop Talk and we're not even going to talk about what it's about but I want you to know that our hearts are with you in these hard times brother yes yes it is it's tough so hey uh, we're spending some time here with Mr. Paul Cox and we're going to go back to Paul and talk about the the other part of his world the, the, the knife making part so Tell us, tell us, how do you, how do you get into this? And and I know this is, this is a natural thing for, for most artistic people to see somebody do something and just go, I think I could do that. Is that how it Uh, happened? Yeah, yeah, not well. um, My dad was always a contractor and had, you know, like his workshop. So I would go in there and grind stuff and, and make, you know, I was always had a habit of making pointy dangerous stuff and uh you know grinding my lincoln logs into knives and whatever else i could find oh that's great but but, um yeah some years ago you know it kind of stemmed you know from having the access around the around the bike shop of course to just be able to you know really seriously explore that kind of thing so um i guess i started offering uh the knife making professionally about 15 years ago but before that I was just doing stuff for myself like a lot of people that get into uh, whatever so um, you know as part of what I offer as a shop you know that's been about 15 years I mean I've you know been doing the bike stuff full-time for about 25 almost 30 years and um, the knife it's just you know I love it so much again it's just one of those little spin-offs that's kind of in the same family of what I do but it's just the rules are different the technology is a little bit different, and um, you know, it it just kind of adds another component to the whole kind of the the, the whole thing. Uh, but I love it, you know. You know, and uh, immediately I have like a million questions because I've been trying to talk Heather into letting me letting me get into this and get some gear and get started up. But yeah, more than that, even like I was, you know, when you were first starting to really talk about the the knife making and and you were going through it, it's you know you said you said you love it so much but that doesn't even explain it because you were going over like you had 52,000 different variations of material that you were going to use on handles and stuff and you were you were geeking out so much about it and I love I loved it too cuz I'm like oh my god I'm going home and I'm getting into this shit immediately that's fun. yeah cuz we were talking about like meteorite and all kinds of like yeah, you yeah. know stuff from outer space and all that <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. And you know what? It's kind of like in a in a real 
rudimentary way it's like how you know like a hammer is a simple machine it's like knife making there's a there's a technical aspect to a you know um, reliable knife as a tool that's kind of like almost akin to like motor building or something it's like i'm just i'm just working on a couple of engines right now that you know it, it kind of reminds me when i'm doing it how i enjoy it so much because of the technical aspect it's not just free form metal shaping or yeah. something that's completely conceptual or subjective it's like the rules are the rules yeah. you know what i mean and you know it either has got to work or it's or it won't and it's kind of the same thing factors into the the knife making when it comes you know down to heat treating and oh, dude. you know hardening and tempering and everything else and all the the metallurgy aspect because you know you're not just grinding a sharp stick anymore and um, you know I mean it really and it comes down to to equipment too you know like I've been working with this company Broadback Ironworks that you know we're actually developing tooling and accessories to go with their machine to make things that I, you know, other, other knife makers the same way, you know, to, to make what we do work better and, you know, really keeping an eye on, um, you know, when in the heat treating process, checking on a, on a, a Rockwell tester, you know, where the Rockwell, um, you know, levels are at before, during and after heat treating and throughout the processes. So, you know, that when you're giving somebody a finished piece, you're giving somebody a reliable tool, not just, you know, something shiny, they can, you know, put on their dresser yeah well and you know that was uh like from your video that we played just there the 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 color temperature when you were going in for quench there wasn't a variation from from front to back or any one of those knives when you were going into the quench tank it was perfectly exactly the same color temperature the whole way across and i i watch i watch that uh I call it knife or death all the time, but it's forged in fire. I'm getting I'm getting old enough that at the point where you just start making up names for shit, but because sure. it's what you really think it's called. <laughs> but I watch that thing religiously, and I watch I watch how attentive people are to their processes. And when I when we were putting the show together tonight, and I saw that part of the video, I was like, man, just like everything, this cat takes this to a scientific level. You know, it is science, and you know, using that. Um, that kiln, um, that even heat kiln, that's got like the digital readout. You know, you can set a recipe. You can really set your your stages so that, again, it's like, do you do you do it kind of like with a torch and look at it, stick a magnet on it, hope for the best. You know, you could, but um, if you can do better, do better. And um, you know, that gives me a hundred percent reliability. And uh, you know, it, it, it's um, it's just something that you know, so you can sleep at night. You know what I mean? And on, on top of that fact, like you'd said before, you could do it old school, but to hand somebody a quality piece that you know that they're not going to drop and it's yeah. going to be tinsel and snap in half has right. got to be a big point. You're not doing this for yourself to stick one in your pocket. This is actually something that you're offering. So, of course, you, you want it to be the next level. So. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can. I mean, um, you know, it is nice to be able to get that temperature just right and know that it's where it needs to be. And get it out and into that quench oil as quick as you can, and you know, and just have it uh, uh, at least ninety nine percent know that it's right. Yeah, uh, and then keep moving for the through the process. And then, um, like I said, I, I picked up this old Rockwell tester um, years and years ago from a, a machine shop that was shutting down. They happened to have one, and it's kind of like an amazing little extra thing on the bench that I can really check and see where I'm at as far as you know my my Rockwell levels. Uh, you know, which is kind of cool. So I know yeah, when I'm giving cool. somebody something, I can tell them 
you know, the, you know, the hardness rating, but then know that it's tempered and that it's not going to, like you said, you know, if he drops it, it's not going to shatter on the floor. Yeah. yeah. It's over hardened. So, um, Steve Burrell says he calls it, can they make a knife? So I'm in good company, <laughs> but Heather, you, uh, you got some questions that you want to field here real quick from our audience so that they get a chance to ask some questions with Paul, right? Yeah. First of all, he, Paul, you have a ton of fans watching. They're like hashtagging fanboy. Like you, Curtis Hoffman, actually. Curtis so. Hoffman is a total fanboy. Yeah. Anthony Robinson. Um, they look up to, I mean, and the list just goes on and on and on. If when you're done with the show, if you get a chance to scroll back through some of these comments, it's pretty impressive. Dwayne Ballard just timed in that you're one of the nicest people he's ever met. Oh, yeah. And he feels extremely lucky that you've been able to talk over the years. Um, there's a Jeff Weber out of Milwaukee. He said that he made a few um, chain wallets for some of his friends that he'd like to send you. He's not trying to sell you anything. He just really thinks you might like some of it for his leather. So he's some of the chains. look for a package yeah. from him. Uh, that's um, awesome. He's going to hit you up on your contact page. So, uh, but oh, yeah, you've got cool. you've got fans galore here. And if, like I said, anybody who pays attention to what you do, it's completely justifiable. That's that's really really cool. I I really appreciate that. And you know, sometimes people will drop a note and say something that you know that that really means a lot. You know. Well, keep in mind the yeah. caliber of the people you surrounded yourself with. It it was super hard for you to take the next step and move up, and you did. And that makes people like me, and I'm sure a lot of builders and a lot of fabricators out there have something to look up to, something that inspires them, which is cool because a lot of times. You know, there's, there's a lot of fakes and a lot of frauds out there. And when you get to their shop, when you get to their finished product or the quality of their work, you're totally disappointed. You can't fake that. Yeah, you can't <laughs> fake. You can't smoke and mirrors your bottom line. And, you know, you have not. You're definitely one of the true, you know, true artists out there, hands down. So, Well, thanks. I mean, there's no, no time for anything otherwise, really. You know, I mean, when it goes back years and years to all you know the early days kind of just running around the city with larry and all the guys and just getting getting nuts and kind of getting that out of my system um i mean it just i think back to just some of the you know some of the the crazy stuff we did but it's like getting that kind of out of the way and then you know in the in the past years since then it's just been 100 percent focus on on the work and and family you know what i mean i mean that's that's my drive and creating and you know being as satisfied as i can be with you know what i produced that day onto the next and onto the next and then trying to develop that into something else i mean that's what excites that's what excites me you know yeah. uh, so uh, i feel like i was i was really fortunate after after all these decades of being in this in this industry with the amazing people and the amazing people that um, you know gave me the opportunity that i, I was with initially you know, in some of our early shops together, um, when I really kind of got rolling with this so many years ago, I was so fortunate to really be around this crazy, this crazy bunch. And, um, and you know, uh, every, every day I just kind of uh, think, man, you know, it's, it's kind of been an amazing journey. You know, once upon a time, it, it makes me think back to this story. Once upon a time, Mark and I were sitting in rainy-ass Laconia, New Hampshire, <laughs> during the rally, and it was when Steg and Dawn were on their, like, Dawn's big last ride, you know? 
and we sat down with the two of them in a tent and we did a video interview that we're still not going to be able to publish for like another 10 years (laughs) yeah right but in one part of it they were talking about running around in the city and steg was saying i think it was his old lady he said that was the seamstress for the rock and roll guys and how he made everybody she made everybody's clothes and like you know you guys were just ostentatious from the word go yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. That was Agatha. Yeah, she was a blast. She had her own leather working shop across from their apartment in the East Village, and um, yeah, that was it. Was it was fun? It was just like running around, you know, in New York City, Lower East Side, and East Village on choppers and like, you know, crazy bell bottom leathers and fringe, and pretty much walking in anywhere you want, getting the table, the best <laughs> table in the house, you know. It was, yeah, yeah, it was just fun. It was just you know, it was just like a small like a family. I mean, the neighbor, you know. The downtown New York City, it was just like a family. Yeah, I've said multiple times wow. we've uh, we've done a lot of a lot of shit in the 27, 30 years or so we've been running around. That day, that oh, night yeah. that Chris was talking about with Stag and Dawn and and uh, you know the Stag came back that day and gave me one of the Psycho Cycle shirts. I still have that thing today. Hey, maybe one of my favorites. And ever. listen. Of the many things that I can't say that were in that interview, yeah. the one thing that I can is almost towards the very end of the night, and we must have been sitting there talking for hours. three or four yeah, hours. Yeah, it's a long time. But one, one of the latest last things that he said, he looked dead in the camera and he said, you know, if I could just go back and tell us that we had the world by the yep. ass. Yep. And man, like it was, those words from him right then were just riveting. That's funny. That's funny. Because, you know, um, it was crazy when, you know, you'd have somebody at the shop on the Lower East Side, like, you know, for one of the first Psycho-Cycles locations before we bounced around because of, you know, landlord problem or, you know, whatever else, you know, that people would show up from Japan or other parts of the world, and that just didn't happen, you know? I mean, that didn't happen 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. There was no, how did they find out? There was no internet, and, you know, there wasn't, like, that kind of thing. You know, you'd have to see it in a magazine and then go, you know, halfway around the world to say, you know, I hope I hope they're open. I hope they're still there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But, um, well, let's yeah, we uh, blast. Yeah, what? I got to pull out some of those old pictures. Man. Oh, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, that, now, that would be something to sit down and dig through. I'm sure you have some epic pictures. Oh, just hear yeah, some of the stories. Talk. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Now, that would be a show in itself. <laughs> God, that'd be fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's talk about, about your seats for a little bit because, you know, there's many, many. I mean, even Dwayne Ballard himself was on here tonight giving you mad props. And there's, there's incredible. There's a few incredible guys like him and, yeah, you know, nuts obviously i i would throw out kurt green in that too but man i mean as far as the people in our life and times that have made that a a really really important part of the motorcycle you have you have absolutely done that oh well thanks thank you i appreciate that i mean so many things like that just stem from stuff that you make for yourself and then next thing you know your buddy wants one and i mean you know that's kind of how that started you know i mean I'd, I'd done some hideous, you know, black and white furry cowhide thing for <laughs> something, of, something of mine years ago. And then, you know, and then somebody else wanted some little thing for their chopper and whatever. And one thing led to another. But, you know, but the drawing and the, um, you know, the art, the arts background, you know, led into being able to feel comfortable doing the artwork and then just translate it into the leather. And, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, 
enjoyed that over the years. Do you yeah. do you have a favorite? I mean, I know it's got to be hard to pick, but is there one thing you prefer doing over anything else? Um, you know, I've been I've been really enjoying painting a lot lately. You know, besides the the like oils on canvas type of stuff that I do that I'd love to do more of. But you know, as far as paint on the bikes, yeah. And um, really, you know, in developing these colors, these flake colors with paint huffer, and that's been a blast. Yeah, We're that's cool. Coming out with a new one because um, I want to do. You guys remember the movie Soylent Green? Yeah. With, Char- with yeah. Charlton yeah. Heston. Yeah. So I want, I'm doing a Soylent Green, right? Oh yeah, cool. And um, <clears throat> so we're going to come out with that. But so I've been having a lot of fun painting the the tins, and that's been a real kind of departure from uh, the other stuff. And uh, the leather work, honestly. I love doing the leather work when I really get get deep into an intricate design and really get excited about it. But to be honest with you, it probably hurts the most yeah. these days. My my hands, it, it literally is the most painful thing in the shop for me to do. Yeah. Is the leather work. So Yeah, I can dig that. That tank's still gotta be sanded and buffed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Marksmanship work and he's still finding a way to say, Well, I'm not quite done with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's only the first coat of clear. You know, this is uh we do we definitely have to make it not so long. I I realized that just a minute ago I had told you that I was gonna get you on and off quick because I know you have a family and stuff, but we're gonna have to bring you back on and, and catch up some more. Yeah, sure, man. Anytime, absolutely. Dude, and, in, and in your yeah, shop, it's been a lot of fun. And in your shop with him would be phenomenal. Yeah, no, that's listen. I talked to him the, the last time. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do Grease and Gears Garage up there. That would be so fantastic. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what projects you have right now, because you said you got a shop full and everything's coming up to the finish line at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, I just got done with this um, this '96 Dyna. A guy came in with a. a relatively stock Dyna and then I just you know basically hardtailed it and did a you know tank and fender and you know re-engineered all these components to make this Dyna driveline work in a and basically kind of an, an old style rigid yeah that one right there so that came out pretty cool and um, I'm finishing up a uh, 72 shovel bottom end with a pan top end right now that's that root beer paint job that you just saw and uh, <clears throat> that's going to be the next one out the door and then an 80 shovel that's going to be this really cool kind of um you know tight little hot rod style with like a solid rear rim and drag bars and a tank that i'm just finishing up now um is going to be right on the heels of of the next one um i got a 49 pan kind of coming up this summer that i'm gonna that i'm gonna be finishing that's um gonna have a lot of ni- a lot of neat stuff going on on that and that'll have that braided down tube that you showed yeah, earlier dude going to be on this 49 pan I, I can't even imagine what goes what goes through your mind like i've never i've never seen anything like that and like you know we've we've twisted steel and done some cool stuff mm-hmm. but i remember coming into your shop when you were working on this thing this was the craziest shit i've ever seen what doing one of the braided things yeah oh it's funny it looks like a like a like a, a street pretzel or like a, you know. <laughs> are you still you do you tattoo you still tattooing also yeah mm-hmm. wow that? yeah that'd be cool yeah. We need, I'm, we, little, I'm we, downstairs in my little tattoo shop right now. We, we need to do That's uh, awesome. We need to do it in your okay. shop, and he can do my Indian Larry tattoo so, for me. I want I want uh, Paul Cox tattoo. Yeah. The, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just friends and family anyway. So you're absolutely welcome to Dude, that. Would be to do that. We should hang out. And do that. 
That's uh, so to, awesome. To get my question, everything by you would be epic. The braided, the braided section that you were just showing. Uh huh. So you can see where um, that I'm just kind of going back in with the brazing to just really flow it out, like you had zoomed in a little bit. And so all that is going back in. Every joint is welded and then brazed around so that then it can be all hand sanded when it because the section that you're showing is going to go to chrome. Yeah. So the front section of that bike will be chromed, all that braided section. So it'll be like like dipped in honey. You know what I mean? So every joint is welded around and then blended out. So I have a question for you about that. Now, when I would do some stuff like this on our bikes, the that gold part I would actually do in silica bronze. With my yeah, it's, sil- it's silicone bronze. Yeah, is that I mean, how I said, you're doing I said it? braised, but you know, silicone bronze. Yes. Well, no, I just wanted to know what yes. the, what your process was if you were doing that with traditional like torch bracing or or with a with a TIG. No, I'm doing it with t- with the TIG with the silicone bronze rod. Yes. Yeah, that's because I can just flow it out and then blend it a little bit softer, and so in the end, when that gets chromed and really heavy buffed and chromed, it's going to be. Yeah. pretty neat dude talk about dedication though because from somebody that from somebody that works with metal i know like the the silica bronze part isn't shit <laughs> it's it's the three thousand hours after that to get it to back into looking like chain or looking like braids after that so yes. that'll come up into the neck and down past the front motor mount and then get um like down here at the arch I'll, I'll sleeve that so I give that when that blends it'll wrap and then I'll make a sleeve so that that'll be where the chrome will stop and then that that's where the paint will start yeah so there'll be a there'll be a break line with like a sleeve almost like a socket kind of deal yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's so pretty, it'll make it'll make sense out. yeah buddy yeah, this, this good this we could just keep going through pictures this could go on um, all night long yeah that dyna chop is probably officially the coolest dyna i have ever seen yeah well and uh, you can hey. you can see that in an upcoming issue of cycle source magazine i'm told yeah yep <laughs> i mean it's great Shameless I mean, dynas are great bikes but i'm a chopper chick at heart like i don't care yeah so that's that's an awesome use of a dyna that's the perfect crossover yeah yeah it, yeah, is. it really is talk about uh, the best of both worlds right yeah it's been a, that's been a lot of fun so i've been able to put some miles on that and uh and yeah, it, it worked out good, you know. But that inverted Siriani on the front that that he already had, so yeah. you know, I just kept that. It's kind of like, um, you know, a couple of the earlier ones that we had done, and you know, it feels great. It's a lot of fun, and it's got the Baker. Um, it was like a Franken tranny conversion yeah. type kit for that uh, stock five speed. So it's got the overdrive and the kicker and everything, and so it all worked out great. Well, you had said earlier how uh, sometimes that note here and there is just enough to just enough to keep you going at at some point and i wanted to make sure that we gave you a a big big thank you because somehow we had missed this that you you posted this on your site and the nice things that you said in that post dude like it, uh, it really really meant a lot to me it meant a lot that you know at this point and in our time of doing this shit that it actually matters to people and I just wanted to say thank you, but also wanted to remind people that if you want to get some more information here, you can uh, you can get Paul at Paul Cox Industries on Instagram. He has uh, Facebook, also does some like wicked cool video and shit. If you follow along, man, you, you'll see some some great stuff, past, present, and uh, from the archive. So make sure you check them out. Cool. Yeah, I haven't been back on Facebook in a while. I gotta. I gotta check that out. <laughs> I know it was like all of a sudden everybody Facebook turned into everybody's 
unwanted kid brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just couldn't. Well, I was trying to do, um, you know, just during the day, throw some things on f- Instagram and Facebook. But then, you know, when people have comments or questions, I want to try to respond. And then it becomes too much. So I just had to kind of pick one yeah. so that I could, you know, not feel like I'm just, you know, um, ignoring a question. So I figured, well, I'll just kind of break it up a little bit. But. Yeah. No, it's hard today, man. That makes sense. Social media is a full time gig. Yes, it is. There's uh, people have great, they have great, great questions and comments, you know. So I want to yeah. be respectful and respond, and um, so I'm going to push some stuff back over to Facebook and jump back over there, yep. just to talk to some people. There's uh, let's leave let's leave on the note of a couple more people, a couple more comments. You got Heather? Oh, let's see. Javier Muriel is watching. Um, and he says that where I lost it. There's been so many comments. Hab says hi. Lance <laughs> Baxter. I yeah. love to see Paul's excitement when he talks about the projects he has going on. Um, just so amazing. Great Xavier, Xavier says thank you, Paul, for always being so giving of your knowledge. Um, there we go. Uh, Anthony Robinson. I love studying your work. You inspire me. Um, uh, Edward. Uh, Justiano, you're in, you are an incredible craftsman. I'm proud to say my seat was made by you. Uh, Walt Kiro, Paul was always great to me. Steg used to hide in the woods, cut school to watch me start the drag bike. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's funny. That's well, great. Listen, man, thank very you. Very cool. Oh, very cool. Thank man. you so much fun. for taking time with us. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah. I know you're you're juggling a lot up there, but real soon we want to we want to catch up with you at your place and uh, and get We're everybody going up to and get that New Hampshire in in no. early June. <laughs> Maybe we can connect them on our yeah. way to or from. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Well, listen, man, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Cox, please go check him out. Follow this man; you will not be disappointed. Incredible stuff he's showing all the time. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right, Paul. We'll Thanks, catch you Paul. again soon. See you, Paul. Okay. Take care. All right, fantastic. So, hey, he's so great. I know. Where and do you go from there? You, you know, like, the, that's why. I, like, you know, I don't like, fangirl often. We just we didn't book we didn't book anything else for tonight because yeah. it's like, look, and I listen. Uh, Rob Nussbaum from Retrocycle Paul, if you're still listening, it says there's a possibility he wants to come visit you. Maybe you could uh, maybe you could chop his knucklehead. So. There you go. You we guys are practically need a neighbors. Days, a tattoo day and a shop day. <laughs> Just saying. All right, man. Hey, this is Chris with Cycle Source, and you're watching Shop Talk. We're going to take you over to the Grease and Gears garage and get a little tech in. Don't go anywhere. Okay, so we're back in the shop with the uh, Vapor Homing Technologies. Vapor Blast Cabinet, and um, I want to start today's uh, presentation off with a little bit of talk about what a vapor honing cabinet is not, because we've been talking about how incredible this machine is, and I only learned through my process to manage my expectations of what the machine is. What the vapor honing cabinet is not, it is not a dip tank. You should not expect to put greasy, shitty old parts into that tank and have them come out looking like this. It is also not a paint stripping tank. You should do your due diligence to remove the paint, whether you do it with a, a chemical stripper like aircraft stripper, or if you're gonna put it through 
of a bead blasting cabinet before it actually enters the vapor honing technologies cabinet. Now, there's a couple reasons why. One of the biggest things is this is not a, uh, a tool where you can change media super fast. So if you want to go from a really coarse media down to something that's going to get finishes like this here, it's a, a lengthy process. So with that in mind, we're using a fine media. We want this to be the last step. So we want to go from, you know, the traditional soap and water and degreaser over to the parts wash tank, wash it again, take it into the sandblast cabinet or the bead blast cabinet, bead blast it down till you get to this finish, soap and water again, bring it over to the vapor blasting cabinet and, and look for our finished product out of that. Um, that all boils down to saving media, not ruining the media, or uh, your your uh, closed loop system will skim off the debris, they call, like to call it, the dirt. Uh, so if you put something in there real dirty, uh, you're going to use up media, you're going to kind of spoil the media. Uh, the nicer these are when you go in, the faster you're going to do them in the uh, paper home. question everybody's going to ask them is is this something that I really need um, depends on what you want to achieve you know for, for a restorative finish you know that you're the guys out there you're doing your old pan heads and knuckles and stuff the old British bikes you want to get to a, a restored finish of, of the material absolutely chopper guys and custom guys you want to take it that one more step you can see right here these are the, the difference between the finishes. This is a bead blast finish. You can see it's still dry and porous um, coming out of the vapor honing cabinet. You can see that it's it's almost it's almost polished. I mean, it's really... A, it's a slick finish that we were concerned about when something's this nice, your mechanic has greasy fingers, he's gonna leave a print on it. But unlike a bead blast finish, there is a big difference. What you're gonna do is feel it, and I'm sure these are gonna clean up nicely when your mechanic's finished. This really shows the difference. When we put the first head in with nothing else cleaned, we said, well, what's happening? You know, well, we finished this head and put it next to this head. And, and I mean, even, look, even in the, the brass components that were left in the head, it, it polishes that brass right up to everything. You guys can see the, the kind of finished results we're getting from this. Um, these have both been done, but we're gonna kind of push it a little bit and like, you know, what would happen if we just put this whole thing in as it sits? Look at that. Just so nice. And our, our transmission, this was a test that we did of putting the whole transmission right in. You know, just pulled this out of the bike, cleaned it up. You know, I sat with a little stainless steel brush and removed all the debris, put it in that cabinet, and it comes out like this. And we we made the joke that you could get extra two hundred dollars at the swap meet for this <laughs> right, just, right. just by running through that machine. But it's incredible to use. Uh, Chris and I are both used to a bead blaster. One thing is you can see what you're doing. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you <laughs> it's what. like crystal clear because you got a windshield wiper and you're working with water, and you can see everything, and it's neat and clean. Um, 
We're using a 170, 235 uh, glass media. And it's really fine. When we opened the box, we were kind of surprised. It, it was almost like talcum powder. To do a transmission that's assembled, oh. uh, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this transmission other than cosmetics. And plugged up everything, drained it, and uh, set it in there and looked at it. You know, nope. it just saved hours and hours of work. Until next time, this is this is Chris and Ed, and Ed. from Grease and Gears Garage, and uh, get out in the shop and do something. We'll, we'll see you back. next time. All right. So, so I'm a little jealous that you did that without me, but from what I understand, Mr. Fish wasn't really handing it over a whole lot. No, listen, I didn't get a lot of time on the trigger. I'm going to tell you right now, Ed is Ed is in heaven that that thing is in his shop, man. That's that, awesome. Could that's be awesome. in better hands. Right? Yeah. And listen, like, that's, you know, man, I was telling you a little bit, Mark, the, the whole thing about that is, you know, that extra that extra edge you know ed ed refinishes a lot of british bikes and stuff if you're doing old knuckleheads and everything else that thing is amazing i cannot believe like how yeah. hardcore towards the original factory finish you'd have a hard time delineating between new old fat new old stock stuff yeah. and stuff that you put through that machine it's incredible yeah it looks good and again ed's just you know i mean he, he's another one that you know when he's done with it you know it's right so well, you know, awesome. this is this is where this came in too because I'd stopped over there one day and Ed showed me the process that he goes through to get his old Triumph cases and carbs yeah. and everything back to the factory finish. And there was like forty-two different chemicals and like seven hours different, and hours. yeah, hours and hours and like you know, in in this one machine. Now he he showed me a carburetor, an old Amel carburetor, and he left one side of it like it was and ran ran the vapor hone on the other side of it, and it was like somebody had polished it. Yeah incredible yeah, that's a great did he machine. say how much time it saved him oh he didn't he didn't even say he was just like oh <laughs> so <laughs> i love mr fish he's a fan he's a fan we're going to be doing a ton of ton more stuff with with that machine that cabinet and as we go through the process ed is the you know more scientific of all of us so he's actually keeping he's a little meticulous. notebook and we're going to go through some of the different um, grits of media, and we're going to report back to you and see all the different stuff that we can do. That was the first time we were running it, and we got the results like we did there. It was literally a couple steps, plug it in, and off to the races you go. Right. So, do you see this comment, David Crumb? He's going to do your blast cabinet upgrade. Oh, awesome, awesome. I want to see how you're doing it. Yeah, let us know how you dig it. it that, was, I'll tell you, it's night and day difference. Yeah, buddy. It's incredible. So um, we have a couple more things to get through. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're a couple minutes over tonight, but we have some some great stuff still. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the the memory banks and bring up some new products. We got the product spotlight here tonight on Shop Talk. Hey everybody, this is Chris. I'm back in the Grease and Gears garage for today's product spotlight on the Alloy Art Swinger. This is uh, probably one of the fancier pieces of equipment that I've had the pleasure of putting on a motorcycle. Okay, so right off of the bat, the oohs and ahs fill the room because this thing looks incredible. Um, it's 100% CNC machined aluminum. It's a three-piece design. You can see here that it's been bolted together and then seam welded. Um, 12 point fasteners, a nice machined adjuster that's in here. It comes with the axle. 
The whole thing is a retail price of $2,500. You can get this from Dennis Kirk or many other major parts suppliers. This will fit your 84 to 2000 FXRs and 94 to 08 FLTs. In addition to adding some rigidity to the back end of the motorcycle, it also gives it a killer look. So we're excited to get this on our project. Hey, if you have any questions, remember we're going to be back in a minute. And over here we'll have the comment box. Just throw your comments there and we'll get to them as soon as we can. See you next week on Product Spotlight. Look, I lied to everybody. I said the comments were going to be there. They, they kind of are. Hang on for a second. There they are. So if you do have any questions, and that goes throughout the show, man. If you want to participate in Shop Talk, we don't just ask you to be observers. You can put your comments, questions, concerns right over there. Look, I screwed it up tonight. And uh, we'll try to get to them throughout the show. That's how some of you guys were getting your questions into Paul. I know uh, when you first, when we first got that swing arm in, you were like you didn't even want to Dude, touch it. You were like, I've you I like, still I've never had anything this fancy. Mark, speak up for me. That's the nicest shit we've ever put yeah, on a motorcycle. I don't even know if we could put that on one of our own motorcycles. <laughs> that's for sure. Thankfully, it's going on a motorcycle we're not keeping. Yeah, but it is somebody. It is, somebody have to clean that. It is awfully, awfully, awfully nice. It is awfully nice. Oh, it's pretty. So I, I wear uh, sterile gloves as I'm, I'm working with it right now. And I won't give details, but I will say that somebody is going to win the FXR that that's going on. Booyah! <laughs> Just saying. I think I have a picture. Wait, keep and talking. And it's not a twisted T. Keep talking. I have a picture. <laughs> Just saying. I can, I can bring up a picture. I can oh. do this. Oh, boy. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do so, this. So, yeah. So that's going to be a sweepstakes bike, and it's going to be a boss. We're FXR. not going to talk about any more about it. It's I know. Uh, I was just going to say. I said boss FXR. I wasn't going to say who was going to. Like, I just know somebody's going to win it. The swing arm isn't even isn't even the end. Like it's got a list of killer parts on it, man. Right. Killer. Oy. We can't say that that is a Hayabusa front end that on there. That is a Hayabusa front end. Um, Those are Warnamont. Is that Warnemont, how you say it? Russ Warnamont thirteen-inch shocks. Yeah, buddy. All kind of um, stuff we don't normally see us play with. <laughs> ooh, the the Trask Performance exhaust that you showed last week as your new yep. product is going on there. Yeah, and that's enough for now. So okay, damn. <laughs> David Crump says, <laughs> David keep, Crump, your... <laughs> keep your greasy hands off that swing arm. Oh shit! I told him you should only touch it with gloves on. So listen, you guys are. Uh, all of you, it seems like, packing up and heading to Tennessee. I hope everybody has a good time down there. Report in for us. I know Jason Holman, the uh, host of Torque, is going to be there. And I think they might actually do their show live from Loretta Lynn's Ranch next week. So look for that. Um, plenty of shows like this coming up. If you guys, if this is your first time tuning into Shop Talk, we do this every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, but there is also on Tuesday, Coast to Coast with Chris Simmons and Mike Lichter at 9 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday's Cannonball Chronicles with Jason Sims and Rob Nussbaum at 9 p.m. And then Thursday, Torque Performance with Jason Holman. I am supporting the Flannel Mafia. And, and John O'Brien from Hardcore Cycles. Killer programs, and this is just part of what they offer over at our network partners, Chopper Town. And, uh, I can't thank Chopper Town enough for this because in addition to our show, they handle the Pirowitz, uh Chopper History. They do Gina Woods Open Road Radio. Rick Fearless has a show on there. Jackie Van Ham. It's a really, really good place. The uh, Born to Ride has a show on there. Great collection of Did you of say Pirowitz? You said Pirowitz, yeah. Dave and Jody. 
great uh, collection of motorcycle entertainment, and that's in addition well, to their video archives that they have a, a shit pile of stuff. So get over know, to Chopper Town, cool. check them out. Got to give a shout out to Anthony Robinson. While people on the East Coast are going to be at TMMR, he's going to Texas to be part of the AMD, and he has very kindly offered to cover that event for us. He's awesome. going to write a story and take some pictures. And hopefully that will be just be the first of many that Anthony does for us. That's great. Wait a minute. Where's my coffee? God damn it. <laughs> Jeff G's probably still Jeff G. has it. So listen, Jason, Jason Holman is going to be with Jeff G at TMMR. Somebody get my damn coffee. Oh, boy. It's gonna oh, be a, man. It's going to be a coffee throw. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, you guys have held in there for nearly nearly 120 minutes um please come back check us out again um you know we're always looking for feed feedback on this flannel choppers inc what's he saying rob nussbaum well hero says we need to paint the fxr flannel style it's too it's new kind it's kind of have like a bass boat paint job on it right bass boat. too new for you rob that's right that's what's up all right man until next time uh you guys be nice to each other go do something on a motorcycle stop watching the goddamn television because there's except for sunday nights at nine yeah and and even even then watch with one eye because just in case they flash some bullshit news across the screen and make you want to punch yourself in the face well that's not going to happen we can stop that from happening <laughs> on sunday nights at nine but until next time Booyah! son of a biscuit eater <laughs> We'll see you guys wow. back here at the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio for another dose. Another dose. This will be your second shot dose. of Shop Talk. <laughs> Take your mask off. Same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs>